Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Whoa, have we got some good stuff for you this week. And joining me once again, of course, is Run For God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. I, if I sound a little uh, funky, I, I've got this little head cold thing going on, and uh, so I may sound a little different today. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, you got you got a little bit deeper octave today. Yeah. You're probably singing the bass this weekend at church. All right. That'll the be good. section of the choir. Yeah. <laughs> So we're uh, we're fresh off a, a graduating race for the 2021 Couch to Marathon group. That was that was incredible. What a great day it was! It was awesome. We're going to talk yeah. about it a little bit more here in a minute. I know we're probably as of the time this is being aired, we've talked about it in other places, but we're going to talk about it again because it was that cool, right? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you one one of the things that I think about with that is that that was such a great day and such. I mean, it was just fantastic. But it's going to be even bigger next year with the new group that we've got. And that's so amazing just to think of. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. Before we get into the details, now we've got a lot of people joining us maybe for the first time on this podcast. Um, if you are a if you own a business and you would like to partner with Run for God, we have uh, a few opportunities to do just that. We have our uh, corporate partners, um, and if you're interested in that, if that's something that interests you, send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. That's my oldest son Lane. He does all of our corporate partnerships. He'll get you all the details. But this week's uh, partner is Jess Burgess um, with the housing market at a re- recent high uh, having a reliable framing crew is essential someone who is honest do what they say they will do and someone who will get the job done with excellence jess burgess framing company has all these qualities so if you're a developer or contractor in the north georgia area give jess a call for the best framing crew around jess has done our work for many years on the construction side incredible guy all, all of his staff is is just incredible so you know the biggest thing i hear out there talking to people about building and you know we've got a lot of friends who are trying to build houses right now and things like that is getting good reliable yeah. contractors and subcontractors yeah. and uh jess is one of those now yeah. he's staying pretty covered up right now because of that uh, but just an incredible guy thanks to jess for for all their support and support and run for god yeah if you're in any kind of construction at all and you do a good job and you're reliable, you're going to be busy. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I've told my kids, I've told them this for years now, but really now I say it, with the way our society is now, when when you get older, I don't care what you do, you know, whether you go to college or you don't go to college, um, if you will show up on time and do what you say you're going to do, you will stand out. Yeah, it's true you will stand out because that's just that's kind of fleeting our society nowadays and uh so yeah jess is one of those guys he's there when he says he's going to be there and he does what he says he's going to do and that's that's just that's what sets him apart that's great so we share a, a facebook post usually every week and this week we have one from shirley rivera mackley um and it says this this is a photo journal of my journey through this couch to marathon experience 
Had a blast, but I will not lie. It hurt. 26 miles in 82-degree Florida weather is not the most fun, but God is so good. I have had a lot of surprises in 2021. Two sons just got married. What a huge blessing to gain two beautiful daughters. Found out we are expecting grandbaby number four. I had a major and sudden job change in April. Worked out but very stressful. In July, I suffered a sudden cardiac event. I had an end-stemmy heart attack. I am not the one in the family with heart problems, so this was a huge surprise. My doctor said I could still run and train for a marathon. However, I needed to take it slow. I take medication to keep my blood pressure down. I was diagnosed with SCAD, SCAD, spontaneous coronary artery dissection, God has blessed me with health and strength to complete this challenge. Thank God for my amazing Run for God team. They all, every single one of them, have blessed me more than they will ever know. So often we hear about people who have one of these problems that she has, just one of them. And it takes them out. And it takes them out. And she overcame one after another. And it's so awesome to see that. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken now... uh Shirley, if if I'm mistaken here, which I don't think I am, I, I'm I'm horrible with names. We're both horrible with names. Yes, we but are. I think many of these ladies came to the meetup. Yeah, on uh, the day before the marathon, and uh, man, this was a lively group of ladies. I think there were yes. several of them in one group. Yeah. If it's the group I'm thinking of, yeah. Uh, but yeah, congratulations, congratulations to everybody for sure who crossed out because the conditions were not the best. Many of you came. I mean, Jean Marcy was there from Alaska. Yeah, where it was negative temperatures when she left and come down to run in the 80 something degree heat. That's hard even when you're used to it. That's right. And uh, so that made that made it the the obstacle even higher, but it made the finish line even sweeter. So yeah. uh, congratulations to everybody. It was a it was incredible. I don't think I, I'm one of these people. I don't like to stand in one place. I, I, I don't idle well. I have a hard time standing in one place. I ran the marathon. Mm-hmm. And so my legs, I'm just, I just want to sit down. I want to lay down. I want to do anything but stand up. And we stood on those bleachers for literally hours mm-hmm. watching people come through that finish line. And I didn't want to sit down. I'd sit down for a minute or two, and then I'd get back up because I just couldn't stand Well, you it. finally figured out that every time you stood down, <laughs> sat down, a Run for God runner was coming through. So you finally started saying, well, I'm going to sit down, and maybe another one will come through. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but. That's the first time I've ever stood and watched a race like that. Yeah. Usually I'm either working or I'm participating. Now, sometimes I watch my son in triathlon, but a, a running race, especially of that size, that was really cool just to get to stand and, and watch and see. Talk about people watching. Yeah. I mean, you could you, you see all. That's the thing that is really the picture of running, of, of, of a marathon. Yeah. It's not one body type. Yeah. It's not one ethnicity. It's not it's not male, female, it's not one age. I mean, it was incredible to see the diversity of people there and uh yeah, yeah. it's just a lot of fun. I was flat worn out when I got home. Yeah, the other interesting thing too is is watching the different personalities come across yeah. as well, right? Because yeah. you know some people are real; they're they're showy and they want to throw their arms up and they want to get excited, and yeah. that's awesome. And then there's other people who they walk across they they get across the finish line, and you can just see the look of satisfaction in their face. Yeah, and uh, I they, saw one guy do a heel click. 
That's got to be pretty hard after a marathon. I can't imagine it. <laughs> my goodness. Maybe he didn't go hard enough. Uh, maybe That's not. My suspicion. I but uh, he went as hard as he wanted to, I guess. <laughs> All right. So we had a trivia question last week. And here was the trivia question. What is it called when you run the second half of the race faster than the first half? And um, it's it's called not what I did at Disney. Uh, <laughs> nor did many people do that at Disney. Um, but when you run the first half, excuse me, the second half faster than the first half, it's called a negative split. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a lot of people probably already know that. We've talked about that, I think, before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Joseph loves to post online when he runs negative splits yeah. and say, I did a Dean, <laughs> which, is, which is awesome. Because um, I've run most of my most of my runs are that way. I like I like to finish faster. Of course, the older you get, the harder it is to get going. Mm-hmm. And I just after two miles, I feel way better than yeah. I did during those yeah. first couple. So, but a lot of world records are set with negative splits. Um, it's and it's but it's not the easiest thing to do. First, it's not easy to hold back in the first half, but then to push yourself so hard the second half that you got to pick it, pick it up. Cause what happens in a race is 95% of people in a race are going to slow down during the race. And so while the people around you, if you're going to run negative splits, while the people around you are slowing down, you have to have the wherewithal to go. I'm not slowing down with them. You know, because it, the psychology of your brain is, well, as long as I'm with the same people, I'm doing fine. But if they're slowing down, um, then you're you're obviously not going to run a negative split, which, again, is not not the be all end all. But right. but that's what it is. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's you know, it, it's it's I like to do it on purpose in training. Um, if you do like an interval workout, maybe you're running. I don't know running 12 times 400 and i like to finish my last four faster than the first eight because it gives me confidence and makes me makes me feel good so so that's even that's kind of a negative split situation and and a way to to really boost your fitness when uh, when you do that kind of thing so yeah and it just it just feels good to it, to finish faster than you started so it, it does it does all right so it's not too late to start the couch to marathon challenge is it it's not. No, we're actually, as of the time this is airing, we're just starting week two of the Couch to Marathon or the 5K Challenge. Some people are just here for the 5K Challenge, the the first 12 weeks of the Marathon Challenge. Uh, but, you know, we always say that you can join this program really into the first few weeks of, of the program. So if you're out there listening and, and you've heard us talking about it and maybe you didn't get signed up, maybe you procrastinated and you feel like you're too late, you're not. You're no. not. You know, we've been at this for a couple of weeks now, but actually the first week was just walking and recruiting and, and just kind of taking it easy. Our first real week of training was just this past week, and yeah. it was it was walking and, and running or walking and walking faster. Uh, but, yeah, still plenty of time. Hop on runforgod.com, get signed up, sign up for the Couch to Marathon 2022 in the training tab. Uh, for all of you – who are in the program right now today the marathon challenge gear goes on sale so we have the hoodie the t-shirt and the hat combo those were very popular last year we've been having people asking about them already so they are out they'll be on they'll be for sale for three weeks that's kind of a limited edition uh, series that we do 
So they went on sale this morning. So hop on uh, runforgod.com, go to the store and, and check that out. I'm, I'm sure you're going to like it. Yeah, for sure. And listen, I'm going to talk to a particular group out there because I've been getting emails from people who say there's no group in my area. Well, one of the people that recently that I got that message from has, has actually done some coaching and stuff in the past and has taught Bible studies. <laughs> well, you know what my answer was. But if there's well, nobody in your area, then you're the person. Start start a group. Yeah. Start a group. So if you're out there and you're a little bit frustrated that there's not a group in your area, here's the truth. There are a lot of people out there just like you who are wanting a group, but there's not a group in my area. And so some it just takes one person. And, and here's the thing, it's not hard. It's not hard just to start a group. Even if, whether you do the class or just start a group to support one another that just mm-hmm. does a workout each sure. week, you can do either one of those. Yeah. It can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be, as in-depth or not. And so I, I would challenge those of you out there who are looking for a group, to, to go ahead and, and try to start your own group and see if maybe maybe you can get things, get some traction there. Yeah, and I just actually made a note on my handy-dandy strikeout list here. We're going to remove the archived classes from that map yeah. uh, because it is a little bit confusing. That, that map represents all 6,500 or so um, Run for God coaches in the country or in the world, but it, it doesn't necessarily represent people who are leading groups in the couch to marathon so we're going to remove those so if you're if you're one of our coaches and you you get on there and you see that your name is gone uh it's just simply because you're you're you don't have a class going or you're not about to start a class because having all those archived names on there is a little overwhelming you know we may have a fraction of that who are actually active right now so we're going to keep the active ones on there so it's it's a better picture of what's going on right now so if you are a coach you see your name's gone you want to start back up it's as simple as us turning your your flag back on for for your community so just know that yeah and and one thing that that I want everybody out there to know we had a number of people over this past year that just ran a marathon mm-hmm. who went through this program on their own it's doable by far the majority of the people that's right did it that way yeah it, it is doable and because you're not on your own that's the facebook group i get tired of saying it i mean i, I don't but i do it, it, it's worth the price of entry because it's so incredible the, all the new people are on there right now saying i can't believe how supportive this group is to be a facebook group Facebook yeah. have with all of its fallacies and problems, this is where it shines. Yeah. So, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, that's okay. I mean, that, that, it's it's a good point. There there are people there that are doing it sure. with you at the same time, and um, I mean, it, it, the the resources are there sure. to have the support that you need. Now they may not be face to face, but that's okay. Uh, because I guarantee you that that some of the actually some of it is face to face. We just had somebody not long ago drive to somebody else's yeah. to, to help them get through a twenty miler, right? And then that that person finished a marathon here recently, yeah. right? So Ryan and Elizabeth drove to to meet them. That's right. That was that was pretty, and that's all organic. That's the stuff that just happens yeah. without any prompting from the the Run for God headquarters here. It just happens because that's that's the people who are in this club. And so we've got some folks, we got a few people who are just they're they're anti Facebook and listen, listen, if I you're get out, it. if you're hundred <laughs> percent get it. Um 
but boy oh boy that that group really is special and if all you do is get on facebook just to go to that group i feel like it would be worth it have the have the bookmark on your phone create you can you know you can create an icon on your phone yeah with a link have it linked straight to that page yeah where you don't even go to your home page you don't go to see what anybody else is doing it goes straight to the run for god run club facebook group and so you know yes you're on facebook but you're not you're not out there in facebook you're in this closed group that we moderate very closely we monitor very closely there's Mm -hmm. no filth there's no you know language we 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 really keep it focused on what we're all there to do and that's to encourage each other and to help each other through both our faith walk and our fitness walk yeah it it, it is awesome it is awesome all right Uh, but let me say this now you can you can get by without the facebook group yes because our videos are there are youtube videos that you can that you can watch when you want to you can go through the emails to watch those and so um, you don't have to be part of the facebook group but i feel like you're missing something if you're not part of the facebook group so um, up to you but that's that's just our opinion so we are sponsored by J Radio, which is the world's greatest digital music platform. Have you listened to J Radio yet? Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. All right, so we're back, and I just stole Dean's thunder. I just, I brought us back in before he could bring us back in. Hey, what about <laughs> let's let's dive into a little bit about this past weekend? Okay, it was incredible. It was incredible. And what's your favorite story of this weekend? Do you have one? <laughs> I, I've got a lot of stories, but I think probably my favorite event was not the race. It yeah. was the meetup the day before the race. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we say about, you know, the Run for God weekend in April here in Dalton is yeah. it's not about the race. The race yeah. is just something we're all going to do. It's about getting to to meet all these people. You mentioned Jeff Joseph and, I mean, just yeah. all these people that I had known their names. I knew their faces. Many of them I had already heard their stories. So when you actually get to meet face-to-face, it's like, oh, well, I know you. Yeah, but then there were a few that I had never met, I had never heard of. It's it's they're the quiet crowd. Yeah, on the Facebook group, they're on there. Yeah, and they're watching and they're listening and and they're learning, but they're just not very vocal. And we had we had many of those people come up, and I'm like, "Where have you been?" And they're like, "Well, I've been there." <laughs> quietly yeah that's that's great that's great and that's one of the things anytime you undertake anything like this this whole couch to marathon journey that we took over this past year is you always wonder how what kind of impact are you having and and, and i gotta be i gotta confess so we're there at the meetup it's like six minutes after the time that we were supposed to meet we had eight or ten people there mm-hmm. and i thought well, this is this is nice and um <laughs> And then you look up 15 minutes later, 
and there's like 50 or 60 people there. Well, I think we figured out we had close to 75 uh, okay. there. Okay, all right. Yeah, just a, a ton of people that, that showed up. Yeah. And, um, and that's when you realize that all that stuff that you do, all the – all, all the work that you put into trying to trying to do the right thing, it, it, it was all totally worth it. Well, and, it, you know, the work we try to do in creating a community, it's yeah. it's not a running club. Yeah. It is, by, in name. Yeah. It's funny, I say in name only. We're going to talk about that later. But it is. It's 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 a run club in name, but it's so much more than that. It's, it's a community of people who, I mean, I've read this past weekend some people struggling with health issues and asking for prayer for family members, and you're not going to find that on Nike Run Club. You're yeah. not. Nope. Um, the the running conversations on Run Club, I would say it may make up half. Yeah. But the rest is life. Yeah. And struggles and accountability yeah. and encouragement and all the things that just, gosh, it just makes you feel makes you feel good it really does yeah so yeah the meetup was probably my number one thing but you know what my number two was what and it it's probably fighting for number one the day before the marathon you know i i was registered for the marathon (laughs) yeah and i decided that i did my walk a few weeks ago so that we could be at the finish line i knew if i walked i wouldn't be at the finish line for the majority of the people so I wanted to walk. So I had this bib, and I had sure I went and got my packet. You know, paying that much money for registration, I'm gonna go get my goodies. Yeah. And uh, the day before the race, my 15 year old son Landon, who does run, you know, but his longest run is 12 miles. 12 miles. <laughs> he kind of informs everybody that he's gonna run the marathon the next day, and we had joked about it coming down there, you know, because. Number one, it's not something I would push to do because it's, from a training standpoint, it's probably not the best idea. Yeah. The only reason I allowed it to happen is he's 15. You know, you're not really going to hurt those guys. But he just announces he's going to run the marathon. And he did. And he did. <laughs> and, he, and he had a really good time. He finished, for, yeah. yeah. And, but the funniest part about it was he, he got done because he wanted to go through all the parks. And the marathon went through all the parks. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, so we're on the way home, and I'm like, oh, Landon, you're in for it. I said, you know, running a marathon, then hopping in a car for eight hours. Tomorrow morning, you're not going to be able to move. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting in my office the next morning, and I can I can differentiate my two boys by how they come down the stairs. You know, they've got a different rhythm of coming down the stairs. And I thought, well, I'm going to know Landon coming down this morning because yeah. it's going to be boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in my office, and I hear – Bum, 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 right down the stairs and i'm like well that's not landing and he walks through my door my office door i'm like are you not sore he said yeah a little bit dean my first marathon i was walking down the stairs backwards yeah yeah because it hurts so bad but yeah. that just goes to show you uh, i mean it was a slap in the face of my age at this point because but yeah kudos to landon i mean that was i mean that is not something we would recommend again but landon does run quite a bit and it's some the most important thing is it's something he wanted to do. Yeah. I did not push that boat because number one, the best way to get Landon not to do something is encourage him to do it. <laughs> and plus it's, you know, full disclosure is probably not the best idea if the longest you've ever run is twelve miles yeah. to run a full marathon. But 
like I said, the next morning he was just bouncing down the stairs. Yeah, so that's a great, great story. Him. Yeah, I mean, the whole weekend was just incredible, inspiring, and it couldn't have been at a better time with us starting the new group on Monday night, yeah. the day after. Yeah. And all those new people were kind of already in the queue, in the run club, and kind of in there filling out. They got to see firsthand what they may look like in yeah. 12 months. And so it was awesome. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite things was the fact that we, when we were standing on those bleachers, we, we stood on those bleachers for the last couple of hours mm-hmm. of the time limit because we were looking for some specific people who we knew were out there and we knew they were struggling because they had some split times and I won't go into all the details, but we just knew they were struggling. Yeah. And we so wanted them to finish before the time limit. And um, and just watching each one of them come through just right there at the end was just incredible. Yeah. It was just incredible. So if you're out there and you're participating in this next year and you've never done a marathon before, understand that a good portion of our folks, they were they finished in that last half hour of the of the time limit. I mean And there was a a, a big percentage who they had never ran. Yeah. They were truly the couch to marathon people. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean it's it's just and it was it was really cool to see one of the people we were waiting on was Shannon Coker. Yeah. You know, Shannon was in the very first Run for God class. Obviously, his wife is Miss Gay, who works with us, who many people listening know. But Sh- Shannon is the one that he's he's worked at it for years and years and years and come up slowly. And, man, it was just so cool to see him and to see the emotion from these people. Yeah. Shannon, we got to see firsthand because we saw him. Yeah. He came up to us right after the race. Most people we didn't see after they come through the finish line. They, yeah. For good reason, they probably ready to go sit down somewhere. But Shannon come up and just the emo. I mean, he was he was on the verge of breaking down, and and it's because it's such a big accomplishment. It's it's in the running community. It's kind of the the pinnacle. It's it's as far as the distance goes. That's mm-hmm. that's the crescendo of what you go for, and and it's just there's so many illustrations there for life that you can use, but it overwhelms people. And that's yeah. what really struck me that I don't get to see often. You know, I I go to like lanes races and most everybody's mad when they get done because they're three seconds off their PR. But <laughs> a marathon like this is so different because yeah. it's the finish that's the most important thing. And it was it was just really cool to see. Yeah, we sure could talk was. about it all day, but we, we, could. we can't do that here. We sure could. All right. Hey, don't forget to check out Thursday nights. Uh, Thursday night we get on facebook live and we answer questions we we usually go over some kind of topic or whatever but we also answer questions and so if you've got questions don't be afraid to tune in and ask that question because if you've got it somebody else probably does too all right have you ever used the phrase it's just a and then insert a word there we all have but sometimes god has a sense of humor about it and this week there's a story here called just a sprint and it comes from Rhonda Williams, who uh, been a run club member and a household name. Oh my goodness, yes! And she's written a number of stories, yeah. And uh, and they're always good. And this one's just as good as the other ones. So here it is. I decided to participate in the Dalton Sprint Triathlon. I was training for an Olympic distance try, and the training was going well. So I thought it would be a piece of cake and might be fun. After all, it was just a super sprint. The race turned out to be anything but just another try. 
I had a sleepless night two nights before the race. The next morning, my husband and I drove to a coffee shop to meet our running group for the usual Friday morning run. But as we pulled into the parking lot, it hit me. Gastrointestinal distress. Oh, no. The coffee shop wasn't open yet, so I started running with the group, praying the whole way. I made it through the four-mile run with the last half mile being a sprint. (laughs) I felt awful the rest of the morning and just wanted to take a nap, but there was no time. We were leaving for Dalton at noon, and there was a lot to do. By noon, I was feeling better, and my stomach seemed to have settled down, so we hit the road for Georgia. I had high hopes for a good race. It's just a sprint, you know. The good night's sleep tonight, and I'll be fine, and I I said, well, I didn't sleep that night either, and was in a fog the next morning. I was definitely not thinking straight, because I had forgotten to bring my usual pre-race breakfast, and had to settle for a day-old muffin that we had picked up the night before. It's going to be fine. It's just a sprint. I set my stuff up in transition and thought I was ready. We said a prayer and I got in line for the swim. I jumped in and started swimming and it seemed to be going well. Until my cap started to slip off. I grabbed the cap with the, with the, with the plan to just tuck it into my tri-top to keep swimming. Except that I forgot my goggles were on the outside of the cap, not underneath it. So they came off too. I had no choice but to stop at the end of the lane and put them back on. When I finished the swim, I climbed out of the pool and ran to transition and tried to put my helmet on. It felt odd and I couldn't get it on securely. What in the world is going on with this helmet? My husband was yelling at me from the sidelines. I thought he was just cheering me on, so I kept fidgeting with the helmet trying to figure out what was wrong. Actually, he was trying to tell me, you've got it on backwards. (laughs) What a rookie mistake. I felt like an idiot, and I lost more than just a few seconds in T1. Finally, the helmet is on correctly, the shoes are on the right feet, and the bike is off the rack. I'm ready to ride. The ride went okay, and so did T2. Thank goodness. I just have to run two miles, and I'm done. No problem, right? It's just two miles. Well, it was the slowest two miles I had run since I first started running, and to add salt to the wound, the skies opened up, and it started pouring during the last mile. This was no gentle rain. I felt as if the angels had dumped a giant bucket of water on me. I tried to sprint to the finish, but the illness and the lack of sleep had drained my energy, and I just had nothing left. I am an experienced triathlete, but I probably looked like a first-timer to anyone watching that day. People were cheering for me and I, as I crossed the finish line, but all I could think was, oh, shut up, I did horrible, <laughs> LOL. I will never say it's just a fill-in-the-blank ever again. I will prepare for each race as if it's the most important race of my life. This experience made me reflect on my spiritual life. How prepared am I for the events of my day? How often have I minimized something by saying just? It's just a regular Sunday service. It's just another Bible study. It's just lunch with a friend. It's just my daily devotion. Giving myself permission to just skip it. Not the right attitude. You never know when God might decide to turn just into awesome, ordinary into extraordinary, turn what seems like work into opportunity. He may choose to speak to you in that regular Sunday service in a way he has never before. He might provide an opportunity for you to minister to someone in that ordinary Bible study. Your friend might really need to talk to you that day, not just someone, but you. 
That daily devotion might have the answer to a problem you didn't even know you had yet. God has a way of using the ordinary, regular things in our lives to teach, strengthen, correct, and use us. It's never just another day when you're a child of God. The Bible is full of stories of God turning the mundane into the miraculous and turning the ordinary lives into extraordinary ones, like when God spoke to Moses through the burning bush. That event not only transformed Moses' life, it changed the future of an entire nation. And when the angel told Mary she would bear the Son of God, can you even imagine the day, that day, the course of human history was changed? So next time you're tempted to brush it off because it's just another fill in the blank, remember, God may have a plan you aren't aware of yet, and ask him to show you opportunities. Look for God in the ordinary and get ready for the extraordinary. Instead of trudging through the mundane days in your life, greet each day with a great expectation with great expectations because you just never know. <laughs> you know, I remember that day well. Do you? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the only time we've ever had rain in the triathlon and boy did it rain yeah do you remember that morning? i do i do we thought we were gonna have to cancel it yep because it was just absolutely you looked on the radar and it was red oh and, it, and red. stuff was underwater it had no, rained yeah, so we finished hard on a on a astroturf field and the whole field was an inch deep and yeah it was so crazy that literally 15 minutes before we were to start it's like you looked on the radar and that red just parted it was literally like the red sea yeah and yeah. it parted just long enough for us to get it started. And and the lightning never came back. But, man, the rain, it just – I think that's the, that's the same year Darren went down, too, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Broke yeah. his collarbones. That's so, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that day well. But I never knew this story. That's why we need your stories. That's exactly because, I mean, right. She, something was going on with Rhonda that day that you and I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 all around us all the time, right? Always people, yeah. and that, this just underscores the point that she's making is that often when we just when we just see somebody that we see all the time, we just think, well, that's just it's just a uh, you know, well, I'm just saying hello. Well, you know what? Sometimes just saying hello, you may look into that person's eyes and realize they need more than a hello. Sure, you know, and I I think we I'm sure we miss those opportunities because we all know we struggle, you know, yeah. and we. So we walk by somebody who doesn't know we're struggling, and we say hello, and we keep moving, and we and don't we smile. Yeah, yeah, because everything's great, right? right? But, but it's not. Right. And uh, yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. Scripture, Luke five four through seven. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, "Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch." Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so so full that they began to sink. Man, they probably thought they were just out fishing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many? I mean, I love this part because I think so many times at least for me maybe nobody else listening but i have a feeling it's a lot of people listening we 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 make the argument um but master we've worked all night and we haven't caught anything and we stop yeah but but the 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 point here is that it's it's okay to have that sentiment in your mind but they kept going and said but because you said so 
I will let down my nets. That's what we've got to learn to get to. We're, yeah. we're going to question God. We're going to question God. But the real breakthrough is when we get past that question. It's okay to question. I mean, that's just our that's our human nature. But we've got to learn to get through and trust. And that's that's where faith is is grown is in those moments like that. Yeah, that's that's where faith is grown. And the problem is, is we're looking for what we want and what we think should happen. And just like this, this triathlon for Rhonda, she was expecting to go to a triathlon and everything work out great. And it didn't. But look at this wonderful story she has. Right. I mean, God used this in such an instructive and beautiful way. And it was that was that was not a great day for her at least in her mind, um, probably thinking back, she may think that it, that it was, but it's, it didn't go the way she thought it should go. And that's the way we are all the time. We think, well, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. So it was bad. And that's where she learned. Yeah. That's where she learned because she yeah. looked to God in that, that's exactly. in that instance. And, yeah. and it's the same thing to with, with Simon here, you know, he fished all night. It didn't go the way he wanted, but he looked to, to Jesus who just happened to be in the boat with him. And yep. how cool would that be? Yeah. But the point is, he's always in the boat with us. We yep. might not see him, but he's always there. And and when we turn our focus to him, the good things happen. Yep. He will fill our boats sure. to overflowing. Another scripture, Matthew four eighteen through 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their and their father and followed him. That's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Called to do what he asked us to do. And the, the truth is... is there's a lot of instruction in that book mm-hmm. if we'll just pick it up and and read through it and flip the, and we'll learn what we're supposed to do and um, a lot of times like in this case I, I can't imagine I, I I think about these these guys these fishermen who um, well and the other guys as well the ones that weren't fishermen but I, I think about how Jesus just said come and follow me and they did imagine how awesome the presence mm-hmm. of Jesus had to be for them to agree to do that I, that that feeling because it, they weren't out just recreational fishing this was their career right that they were just leaving on a whim just yeah I mean, can you imagine you're on your job and this dude comes by and he says, all right, here's what I want you to do. Leave what you're doing. Don't come back and just follow me and we're going to go do some stuff. That's a miracle. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it crazy? Sure. I mean, it's just great to think about. Yep. Um, And a lot of people, I think non-Christians look at that and they go, that's kind of impossible. Nobody would do that. Why would anybody stop with their give up their career and go follow somebody to someplace they don't know where they're going yeah but you know some will make the argument because i have too you know things would be a lot easier if jesus actually came up and said follow me you know that we we kind of make that or even though it's a completely illegitimate argument 
But we kind of make the argument, well, if it were Jesus that were coming up and saying, do this, a physical body, then that, that makes more sense. But then it goes, we go into the next verse that Ron has got here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, I think when you look at this in context of her story, too, um, s- sometimes that that just thing, um, you know, just follow him. Sure. You know, that's another way to use the, the just thing. And that that's simple. Mm-hmm. It's simple, right? It's simple to pick up that book and read it and find out what I'm supposed to do and just do it. Mm-hmm simple it's really simple but it's hard yeah and that's where that's where we struggle um just like these guys having to leave their their boats and just picking up everything they've got their whole livelihood and going all right i'm gonna put my trust Mm -hmm. and faith in you um it's it's amazing so genesis 12 12 1 the lord had said to abram Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And, and this is my point. You know, there, there was no Jesus at this point. I mean, there was a Jesus, but he wasn't walking the earth, calling people to follow him. This was the God of heaven. Yeah. And Abraham is is being told. Abraham was a wealthy man, had a, you know, he probably had a nice setup for that day. I don't really, I can't really, you know, it wasn't. He had many livestock. He had many friends. He was a wealthy man. He he had it all going for him. Mm-hmm. And the God of heaven said, leave. Yeah. Leave. <laughs> that's, to me, that's that's even more miraculous than, than the others that we hear where Jesus walked up and said, follow me. Yeah. This is a guy who, by all appearances, had everything. Yeah. And... He wasn't even told where he was going. That's incredible. I mean, at least, you know, Peter and, and the disciples had a person that they said, follow me, and you, you kind of got a little directions, but just go. Yeah. Just start walking. Pack everything up and start walking, and I will show you where you're going. <laughs> but that 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 power is still present today. People get that today. Thomas and Paige, who in our church, who you've met, I mean, they. She was a, a doctor, and he was a, a high school coach, and God said, "Go to Africa." Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I have never been called in that way, but I hope that I would do exactly like Abraham or Thomas and Paige or the disciples did. Because it's obvious that the the power being spoken is just undeniable, yeah. And but we we get those requests, and so many times I'm busy, yeah. or I can't, or we we use the the pronoun I, and it's not about us; it's about him, yeah. and that's where. You know, just like we talked about in the, I think the last podcast, people say with the Christmas story, that was impossible. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was. it was. And so many things that he calls us to do <coughs> is impossible. But he can make it happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. This goes back to the point and something that we talk about all the time is getting out of our comfort zone, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Facebook post that we read just a little while ago talking about going through all of these trials sure. and just continuing on with what she knew she had before her. It's the same thing with following Jesus as we Jesus is if you look at him as, as a metaphorical finish line. You know, mm-hmm. to be, that's what we're called to be, more like him. Mm-hmm. Um, if we'll just relentlessly pursue that path, regardless of the comfort of our circumstances, it's going to turn out great. And and that's what I think they're saying here in these scriptures. Um, question one, have you ever been caught off guard because you said it's just and didn't prepare properly? <laughs> Probably you more than me. <laughs> Yes, that's that's a fact. Because <laughs> I do tend to prepare, but yeah, I mean, all, all the time it happens. Yeah. You know, you you think you just kind of dismiss something, and then you get into it, and you're like, oh my goodness, this is way more than I thought. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, it's every home improvement project. I mean, yeah. every home improvement project you do, it's like that's going to take me two hours, and six hours later, you're like, man, that took longer than I thought. You know, that's why my dad always told me growing up. You know, he he taught me how to to quote houses and to figure, and but he always told me with remodeling, you you do the calculations, you figure out what it's going to cost, you count the cost, you do the materials list, figure out the labor, and then you double it. Double it! Wow! Double it! Because he said it, it's it's you think it's just another job, but remodeling is never home improvement is never what you think it's going to be. It's going to take twice as long and cost twice as much. <laughs> yeah, I I think about this in the context of this Disney marathon. You know, I thought, well, it's it's just a marathon. It's it's, it's just twenty six miles. I mean, God gave me a talent to run. Mm-hmm. Running is not a big deal to me. Running 26 miles is not a huge a huge thing for me. Um, but then you don't prepare for it, <laughs> you know, which I didn't. Um, I mean, I ran. I ran every day. Yeah. And I, I did it. I did plenty. Of, I ran plenty of miles, but not to do it the way I wanted to do it. Sure. And so consequently, you know, by the time I got to about mile 16, um, I was wishing I had done a few you more were long learning runs. the error of your ways. Yes, I was. Uh, yeah, and she mentions in here that that this idea of being caught off guard because of saying it's just another whatever um, that it happens in church. Mm-hmm. You know that we go to church and we don't expect God to show up. We don't anticipate Him showing up in a, in a big way because it's just something that we check off the list every week. Sure, and. Uh, that's dangerous um and and i mentioned i think last week i said i mentioned that uh a friend of mine who who he gets on his knees in a particular spot in his house every week and prays for the service because he's so intent on wanting things to be for god to show up and that's the expectation i think we should all have mm-hmm. right whenever we go into anything sure Another question. Describe a time when God turned your day from ordinary to extraordinary. Well, I'll go back to the story. This was um, another marathon story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was running the 2013 Myrtle Beach Marathon, and uh, I had uh, I had prepared well for that one. 
And but the week before I got really sick. I was so sick, as a matter of fact, that I thought about not even going, but I decided I'm going to stop by the doctor's office on the way, go get a shot, and maybe I'll feel better by the time race day comes. And so that's what I did. And I got there, and I felt okay. I didn't feel bad. And that race started off, and uh, you know I had a particular pace set that I wanted to run, and um, I was running that pace for that first 10k. I was I was running that the pace that I wanted to run, and there were a couple of guys that had come by, and, and we talked a little bit, and then they took off, and so I was sitting in third place overall in, in the marathon at this point, which was pretty cool. Uh, but then the seventh mile, I ran too fast. But it felt like I was still holding back. Mm -hmm. And so the eighth mile, I tried to calm myself back down, and I still ran it that fast. And then the ninth mile, and and it, and I was running, and it was just, it felt so easy. Mm -hmm. And I went through the first half and felt really, really good, and then actually ran the second half faster than the first half. That negative split we were talking about a, a little while ago. But not only did I get a negative split, I caught the leader with a half mile to go and passed him and wound up winning the race. <laughs> I wound up running six minutes faster than my, what my goal was. Now, for a lot of people, they think six minutes is not very long. <laughs> but six minutes when you're talking about the difference between between a 245 and a 239 is humongous. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and that's that, that happened that day. That was one of those days where um, my, my day just went from Here's my expectation to, oh, my goodness. It yeah. was, you know, I don't know. Have you ever had a, a time like that where things just turn out? Yeah, so I good? think I think we I think we do so many times. But I think the most important things is you got to you got to allow yourself. <laughs> we hear the, the Henry Ford or whoever said it, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. <clears throat> you know, it's OK to go in thinking you may have a bad race but you allowed yourself to change your mind yeah you, you started feeling good and you but so many of us would say no, no it can't be going this good i'm not gonna let it go this good i'm gonna force my pace back down because this is the way i'm supposed to feel and so many times that happens when god is working in our life we say no it's it can't be going like that because I say this. It's like the the story we've read where the the lady runs up to the red light and she has it in her mind she's turning right and God was saying no, turn left. And she argued with God, no, I'm turning right because God, this is this was my plan. This is how it was supposed to go. Yeah. But she finally let God take over, take the wheel. She turned left and she wound up running into a lady that needed help. Yeah. And th that's where the difference comes in. It's just like we question God. It, it's it's okay to have our own way. It was okay for you to go into that race thinking this isn't going to be a good race, but you got to leave yourself room for things to change yep. for. And, and that's so foreign for me to say, because I am one of those people that when we start this, it's going to go as we said it was going to go. Yeah. And so I struggle with that more than anybody, but we've got to allow, we've got to allow for God to step in Yep. because we know that that's where the magic happens. But so many times we were holding on to those reins so tight and we're forcing that horse this way when sometimes we just need to let go and we look over there and boom, there's God. Yeah. Or boom, there's a, a winning finish at a marathon. Yeah. You know, but so many times we let 
what we think going into something dictate how that goes. Yeah, that's true. And it works the other way, too. I see so many people who maybe they go into a race, for example, and they feel good. They feel like they're very, very well prepared, and then it doesn't go well. Sure. And they beat themselves up, and they feel terrible, and they <clears throat> it's just they make it out to be a terrible experience when, in reality, just like the story here, God may be illustrating something. Mm-hmm. And so we need we we need to not beat ourselves up, and and we just need to take what God gives us, whatever that is, mm-hmm. good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. We just need to take what God gives us and be thankful for it. You know, like it says in James. And we can only do that when we are obedient. That's right. When we're in his word, when we're talking to him, when we're asking him questions, that all those things can only happen then. Yep. Question three. How do you prepare for each day? Will that change now? You know, hopefully we all get started with God before we get our day started. Because I mean, that's that. I think that's the best way to start. Now, some people prefer to do some quiet time and things later in the day, but I I feel like starting the day that way is important. And I've I've mentioned this quote before on here, Martin Luther's quote, and uh, so I, I pulled it up this time so that I could quote it exactly. It's uh, he said. I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. Mm -hmm. The idea that we should cut our prayer time short. Or cut it out. Or cut it out because we've got too much to do. And Martin Luther was just the exact opposite. You know, it's like uh, I've got so much to do that if I don't spend more time in prayer, I'm not going to get it all done. And uh, I just I love that mindset. I just love it. You know, I listened to a message last night at church, and I, I had a funny feeling that God was going to work this into this podcast today. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes you hear things and you're like, God is making me hear this loudly for a reason. Um, of course, you know, I help up in the youth on Wednesday nights, and um, we had kind of a guest speaker last night. He's one of our pastors at our church, Brandon Strange. Um, but he came up and he spoke to the youth last night, and um, I'm going to kind of compare. I want to compare what he said with some of the questions we get or the the sentiments we hear as Run for God coaches. You know, you and I have both heard the comments, well, I'm a runner, but I no longer do it. We, we've both heard that. And we hear things like, it's just too hard. It's It's impossible. I have bad knees. Or, or I don't have time. We, we, oh, that's the big one. We know we hear all these comments, and 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 so we we push back a little bit. You know, we ask the questions like, "Well, do you do your workouts, or do, or did you do your workouts? Um, did you follow a plan? Did you listen to your coach? You know, I see you on social media all the time. How do you not have time? You know, yeah, we start, yeah." thinking those things and then, and then we ask ourselves as coaches we start to think that these things in our head many times we don't say it we say well are they really a runner were they ever really a runner or were they just a runner kind of a name only um we we know that runners follow a plan that's right they get their workouts in mm-hmm. they listen to a coach they make time to get out on the road to run it's important to them 
because they're runners, right? Right. So Brandon's point last night was was kind of this, but I, I'm I'm going to replace runner with Christ follower here. You know, wearing the name Christian should indicate a few things. You know, just like runners follow a, a daily written plan, a Christian follows a daily written plan, and it's in the form of the number one best-selling book of all time, mm-hmm. the Bible, God's work, God's word, God's playbook. A real runner gets their workouts in, even when they don't feel like it, just like a real Christ follower gets in their daily time with God, even when they don't feel like it. Yeah. You know, runners talk to their coach. I mean, the people who are really serious about it, you get emails and texts all the time from people yeah. asking questions because they're they're wanting to know more. They're wanting to understand this thing that we call running, and they seek your advice just like children of God talk to their father. Real runners and avid walkers make time to fine-tune their craft just like Christ followers find time to strengthen their relationship with God. Mm. And here's the kicker. Real runners understand that it's the tough seasons that make us better, stronger, faster. Yeah. Just like Christians hold on to the promise of James 1.3, and it says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But it's what Brandon said at the very end that just, man, it's like God just slapped me upside the head. He's well. I, I, I kind of back up. You know, if a person is calling themselves a runner and comes up and says they do none of the things that we talk about, what what do we often kind of say to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Are they really a runner? Are they really a runner? I mean, <laughs> you say you're a runner, but you don't do any of these things. Yeah. You you don't get up and go run. You don't follow a plan. You don't listen to a coach. You don't. You you wimp out if it's hard. So are you a really runner? But Brandon looked out at these young people, and it just gives me cold chills to think about it because he just did it perfectly. And he said something like, you know, many claim to be sold-out followers of Christ. They come to church every week, and they love to talk about Jesus. We've had people who love to come to Run Club and talk about running. But then these people, they admit that they never open the Bible and read God's Word, and they complain when things get hard. They never bow their heads and talk to their coach, the one who created them. And then he said, I would like to say to all these people, all the people out there who claim to be followers of Christ, but they never open the book, they never get on their knees and praise, pray, he said, I don't believe you. Hmm. And man, that just wow. made me sit back in my my chair because... That is some hard truth to hear. Yeah. But it's some hard truth that we need to be saying. So how does this tie into Rhonda's story? That's when I read Rhonda's story this morning, getting ready for this, I thought, well, well, there's the tie-in right there, God. This is this is where God had this. For some, we may be followers of Christ in name only. There's people out there who love to talk, come to church, but they never open the book, they never get on their knees. And if that's you, if you're being convicted right now that I'm 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 an imposter, I'm a <laughs> I'm a Christ follower in name only, then go to runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. We've got a page there built there just for you. But for everybody else, 
maybe we're just slacking. Um, we're followers of Christ, but we appear that we are not because of our actions. You know, Rhonda is a seasoned triathlete, but that day in her own words, she looked like a triathlete in name only. She yeah. even said it. Yeah. You know, during those few hours, Rhonda was a seasoned triathlete living like a non-triathlete. And when you equate that to our spiritual lives, that can do lots and lots of harm. When we as Christ followers are living like the world, you know, we're self-professed followers of Christ, uh, but we're living like those who have never encountered him. You know, it's why God gave this group of people in Revelations a very specific name. He called them the lukewarm church. Yeah. Yeah. And he said to these people, because you're neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And I, I don't know why God just kind of laid this on my heart, because I think there's a humongous percentage of people. I will put myself in that category at times, the second category, the lukewarm, because I think as believers, we all can slip in there. Sure. But there's a huge percentage of people who are Christians in name only or we've slipped into the lukewarm category both of which are terribly harmful yeah and so yeah I mean I I don't know why he laid this on my heart this way but I feel like somebody out there may need to hear this that because I need there's been times that I need to hear it yeah you know you're you're acting like a rookie here yeah and I need to hear that. And boy, Brandon just, he really laid it on these kids last night. And it was like you could just crickets yeah. in that room, which usually you don't have crickets in a group of teenagers. It's all chitty chatty. and But they were tuned into what he was saying. And, and it really, it rung my bell wow. that um, we, we need to be, if we're going to call ourselves Christ followers, just like if we're going to call ourselves runners, yep. we need to be doing all the things. That's right. And as Christ followers, you can't be effective. You can't you can't get stronger, faster, leaner in your walk with Christ if you never open up the training plan. And yeah, I'll I'll just kind of end that there. I'll get off my soapbox for just a minute. That's a good word. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. So we're back. We keep talking about this uh, marathon, but it was really a magical day. Disney knows how to put on a running event, don't they? They do. My goodness. I tell <laughs> that you, is a well-oiled machine. Yeah, because you worry about it because you're inside the park, so you don't have a whole lot of regular spectators out on the course. Mm -hmm. There's a few places where there's a concentration of them. But, you know, if you go run a lot of marathons, there's people all over the course that are sure. going to So you don't have that. But what they do is they take their employees in the parks and they show up early and they're out there in the parks, you know, just which is thousands of people. Yeah. Just employees of Disney. Yeah. Just yeah. cheering you on and just being uplifting and positive. And um, so, yeah, I, I was amazed at how many. 
I noticed that the further I got into the race, the more workers I saw. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of them didn't want to get up at 5 a.m. when the sure. race started. Uh, but but by the time we got through, it was there were a, a good number of folks out there. You know, it's funny, and you said this too while ago, and and so because of this story, I know that people are listening and they're thinking that's just crazy. But you you mentioned that you were talking to some guys in the Myrtle Beach Marathon, the race that you won. You were talking to some guys during the race. Yeah. And uh, well, Lane at the and and you're gonna have to excuse me because I can't remember who he was talking to, but he was talking to one of the ladies uh, that was there to run the marathon. And Lane had run the half marathon that morning. Did really well. He got fifth overall at the Disney half marathon. But he was he was talking to this lady, and he, he said, Dad, I just kind of got into my zone when I was talking to her. Because you know, Lane, he, he's just like you. It's You start talking about a race, you start getting down to the nuts and bolts and the mechanics and you know it's things that are way over most people's head. And he was telling this lady – you know about the race and how it was unfolding and the strategy and he said it you know for the longest time the race was shaping up it was lane and about four other guys that ran the majority of the race together and he said and we were you know we were like outside the first 10k and we were we were all just talking and having a good time and said and he said and our our pace slowed down at one point to like a 545 and he just kind of blew right by that and he said this lady started laughing at him and it's like do you understand what you're saying it's kind of the same thing with you you're in the lead pack of a race and you're just carrying on a conversation so i thought that was really fun i think she really thought it was funny that you know there's people out there i'm not one of them you are (laughs) that you're running to win these races and you're carrying on conversations during that i thought that was really a really funny story interesting um one of the things that I thought was interesting about the Disney Marathon was it was really clear that each park did their own thing. So they probably, whoever sets the course up, they probably had a task force yeah. at each park. Or a competition. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah, might, might have been. Might have been. But because they would use, you can tell, you get in one park and they use one type of cones or one type of barrier. You get into another park, it's a whole different type of barrier. And you would think most races, you know, people set things up similarly. And all the outside of the parks was all similar. When you got into the parks, it was it was they were all different, yeah. and uh, I, I thought it was fascinating. I, I I can't help but think about some of those because a lot of the when you walk when you ran into the parks, a lot of them would say like you know like welcome to welcome to the Magic Kingdom, you know, and it was it was cool to to hear. It sounded like they had some pride, sure, in where they worked and what they were doing, and uh, that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, <clears throat> but of course it was, you know, most marathons start at eight a.m. And I crossed the finish line before 8 a.m. <laughs> that was really weird. That was an early wake-up call for y'all. Yes, it, it was. was. What, did y'all get up at 2.30? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was early. Two days early, in a row. Early day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because even the 5K, the 10K, the half, and the full all started at 5 a.m. Yeah. And, and it's because they want to get everybody out so they can open up the parks. But, um, yeah, it was pretty – I mean, Lane. when Lane finished, he was it was still dark. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, so, yeah, it was a very early morning. I'm still dragging from this past weekend. <laughs> for sure. All right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something. And I've written about the intersection between running and faith. <clears throat> so I thought I would reflect a little bit okay. on the race this weekend. So this one's called Reflections on the First Couch to Marathon. <clears throat> There were so many stories at Epcot in the culmination of a year-long journey. 
As we stood near the finish line, there were so many Run for God marathoners coming through that we missed many. But we also saw many, too. In the end, we discovered that the Couch to Marathon program definitely works. Let me go over some highlights from the weekend. The meetup at Lake Louisa State Park was fantastic. It's always great to be able to meet the actual people behind the online personas. From Mary Priello's year-long countdown. Forgot about that one. To Jeff Joseph's eternal optimism. And so many in between. I had a great time talking with many. The only problem was that I didn't get to talk with everyone. If you've ever been on the Facebook group page, you know that the group is super supportive bunch. In real life, they're no different. There were some good performances out there on the course. Ben Reed and John Sandifer, I'm talking to you two in particular. I'm certain there were many more, but I didn't get a chance to talk with many after the race. I believe John ran a 29-minute PR. Wow. Yeah. We ran the gamut. Our first finisher finished in 2.58, and our last finisher was very near the back, coming in just after the balloon ladies, clocking a 7.09. We had a large bunch cross the line the last half hour before the race. Many of these were people who stepped out in faith to try something really hard, and they did it. Speaking of the balloon ladies... Who knew that in a magical place like Walt Disney World, there were a bunch of evil ladies bringing up the back of the pack? <laughs> if you fall up, fall behind the balloon ladies, you have to get on the bus and your day is over. We had a few who succumbed to them, but my favorite part of that story is that none of them were upset about it. They gave it their best shot, and it didn't work out. And that was okay. No embarrassment warranted. No matter how you measure it, it was a successful day. For all of the great stories that were out there, I wanted to focus on one in particular. Shannon Coker began this journey over a year ago, having never run more than a half marathon. From the beginning, he was faithful to the plan and followed every workout. There were times when it was tough to get those runs accomplished after a long day at work on his feet, but he did it. He stepped to the starting line prepared to get to the finish line. Nervous, but ready. The first half of Shannon's race went well, but like most marathons, there was a point when the wall would rear its ugly head and it showed up at about 18 miles. But he had worked so hard over the past year, mentally and physically, that he was not going to be denied. As we tracked him on the tracking app, we knew that he had slowed way down over the last seven or eight miles. The app predicted his finish time, and we began looking for him at that point, but we knew that it would be much it would be later than that prediction. We waited for a long time. I've been there. I know what it's like to struggle, but to want to find that finish line in a marathon, I knew he was hurting, and in a way, I was hurting with him. The anticipation of seeing his red run for God shirt coming through the finish line was grueling. Of course, if it was tough for me, how much more difficult was it for Gay, his wife? <clears throat> Eventually, there it was. The run for God, t- the red run for God t-shirt I had so desperately wanted to see. It was glorious, and tears filled my eyes. I was overwhelmed with a tremendous feeling. The pain of the drive for the finish was over for him. He could and did raise his hands in victory. Yes, I said victory. You see, officially, Shannon finished 10,278th out of 11,317 finishers. But he is a champion. 
Oh, there may have been over 10,000 people who beat him to the finish line, but he wasn't racing against them. He was racing against any doubt that may have existed in his mind or even in others' minds. He was racing against the effects of age. He was racing against the overpowering fatigue. But he was racing with determination. It was the same determination that let him check all those workouts off the list. But Shannon was racing with God. And in the end, that's what made all the difference. Something struck me at the park where the group met and while we and while we spent hours at the finish line the people in our group are so diverse we hail from all over the united states and the people crossing the finish line were even more diverse i can i can can't help but think about heaven it's going to be a diverse place people from all walks of life joined together for one common reason one common savior it's not unlike the bonds that join us together as a group striving for a finish line one common goal that unites us if you're all planning if you are planning to strive for that finish line in 2023 congratulations you just joined an amazing adventure if you're up for it if you haven't joined us you're missing out on something special well if that don't make you want to sign up right now i don't know what will that's uh well written dean i I had not I didn't get to that story this morning and I was talking to, I was talking about Shannon earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, and and we, we kind of focused on Shannon because we know him so well. He lives right here. His wife works with us, but Shannon represents the majority of run club. Absolutely. And I mean, I almost got choked up just hearing you say, cause when, yeah, when we saw him, we were all just like glaring down that finish shoot and it's like, boom, there he is. And everybody's like, you know going crazy um that is a picture of heaven yep that's my hope that that's the picture of heaven you know um here's a question that i just just hit me are we looking at the people that we meet that we know are not christians with the same anticipation with the same anticipation Mm. i mean what if unfortunately not like we should yeah I mean, I had just got through running a marathon myself, and if I knew that Shannon needed me at 24 miles to run the last two miles with him just to get him to the finish line, I'd have done it. Mm-hmm. It would have been hard. It would have hurt like crazy, but it would have been totally worth it. How much more worth it is it for us to get to those people who we know don't have a relationship with Christ and bring them to the finish line? Yeah, and it's funny you say that because just yesterday, you know, we – if we could have went out on the course with Shannon, Disney won't allow you, but if we could have went out there with him, we'd have probably went out there and rallied around him and run him back, run him in, just like we do with the last finisher of, of when we were doing the half marathon. We'd yeah. send all the kids out to run in, and that's the other part of the picture. You know, I just I had a guy yesterday call me, and he said, hey, I'm worried about, and he, he gave me a person's name and um, said they're really struggling in their walk, and it would probably mean a lot if you reached out and man i mean as soon as i got that call i was like yeah and and i called the person and reached out or i sent an email to the person and we we should always be on the lookout for that i'm i'm i think i thank god that somebody called me and let me know this but we should have that same eagerness with everybody we should be looking for those opportunities just like we're sitting there looking for shannon to come out of that crowd and and through the finish line well you know that that's what the finish line looks like 
on the heaven side. Yeah. But on this side, it's trying to find out where Shannon's at and let's go run with him. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty convicting that that's exactly how we need to be living our life here. The finish line in heaven's already set up yeah. and the people are already standing around it. Yeah. Our job here on earth is to to go make sure everybody gets to the finish line. And, and so many times we don't. We For whatever reason, we, we don't. And I, I think about the emotion of the situation because I really, I, it was really emotional to see Shannon come through that finish line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, because I had doubts that he was going to finish because sure. it had been so long. Yeah. And, and he really, really struggled that and last it was six hot. Months. I mean, it, it really was. got hot for those latter finishers. It did. And so I was so worried that he wasn't even going to finish. And all that work he had done yeah. wasn't going you know, to pay off. Um, and I think about how emotional that was was for me just on the outside looking in. And I think that we don't get that emotional Mm-mm. about somebody who's not saved. Sure. But boy, shouldn't we be just as emotional and just as passionate about that? I don't know. Or, or the people who are saved, like we just talked about and are, and are getting lukewarm. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're stepping off the course and taking a seat. Yeah. We, we need to be just as passionate about those people too. Yeah. Because just like in a race, if you're running and you see 10 people over there sitting down on a bench drinking iced tea you could cause other people to step off the course yeah. and so we need to be watching out for that too yeah um yeah great yeah. story dean yeah thanks if you've ever participated in any sport you've probably met a great coach great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible you can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible you yes you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. So next year, in 2023, we're not going to Disney. Nope. We're going to the Big Beach Marathon. And uh, and I'm going to go down there in a few weeks, and I'm going to go ahead and run that thing a year ahead You're of time. You're going to preview it we're for gonna, everybody. We're going to preview it. Yeah. Yeah, we partnered with um, Junction 311 Sports this year. They, they put on the Big Beach Marathon as well as the Cannonball Half Marathon, which we're going to be using as our half marathon graduation for those that can come. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, Mike over at Junction Three Eleven, I told him, I said, you know, we've next year we're gonna have a lot of walkers, and can you do anything for us on the? Because they have a seven hour cutoff too. I said, is there anything you can do for us on that? And they're actually gonna uh, allow the walkers and any slower runners that may be worried about um, hitting that seven hour mark. He's gonna let them go an hour early, mm-hmm. start their times, and and you're not gonna get Disney to do that. No. Um, but but Mike and all the all the team over at Junction Three Eleven they've they've just been over backwards for us so far. I think you're actually going to have Mike on here in the next month or two. Uh, Mike's got an incredible story, yeah, uh, that he's going to come on the podcast and share with everybody. But kudos to them for kind of kind of really help us out with with this new group of 
people, which are the walkers. And, yeah. you know, we, we talk running, running, running a lot. But for those of you who don't know, maybe maybe you have been living under a rock, but we've kicked the door open to walkers this year. And uh, we have walkers have their own plan in the Couch to Marathon. Yes, yes, you can walk a marathon in under eight hours. Yes. You can. You, a lot of people will. I've done it. Yep. Um, and so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great, fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna run that marathon, and I'm supposed to run a marathon this Saturday. So I just ran one this past Sunday. I'm supposed to run one this Saturday um, with one of my athletes. So it'll be a little bit slower. It won't be quite. It won't be that go as hard as you, you can. You better hope Riley's not listening to this. Uh, <laughs> she, she's going to take the take advantage of me. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, again, the big beach marathon. So three marathons in a month after not pre- not getting prepared for for a marathon. I mean that's smart. Yeah, I mean, it's you're, you're, yeah. We don't we don't endorse that. No, nor no. do you endorse. That. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Not at all. But you're doing what you need to do. Right. You're, you're taking one for the team and and kind of charting out the course for us, and we appreciate that. And you know what I say. When you're dumb, you got to be tough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Trivia question for this week. Um, This one's simple. Um, So there are, I believe, six what they call marathon majors Mm -hmm. out there. And I want you to name four of them. I think I could do that. Do you think you could do that off the top of your head? I can, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So name four of the six marathon majors. And uh, you can send the answer to Dean at runforgod.com and we'll send you a goodie. Some kind of some kind of something cool. I think yeah, I can enjoy. name all six. <laughs> all right, every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, because of what we just went through, it is the couch to marathon is possible. We saw it. We couldn't say that definitively until we saw it with our own eyes. We know now that people can go from not running at all to a marathon in a year. It's it's like guys just buttoning this podcast up. Because you know what he just brought to my mind when you said that? What was our attitude in the fall of 2020 when... I mentioned this idea of a couch to marathon. It's it just was, a couch to marathon. It's 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 just a cat like Rhonda yeah, would say. It's like just Rhonda, a couch yeah, to marathon. Yeah. Maybe we'll get fifty people to join us. Yeah, that's true. This is the hallmark of this ministry now. Yeah. I mean it really is. Yes, we're gonna we've got some new things about to come out with the five K challenge, you know, that are gonna continue through the year, but I think we've it's been set in stone now that this is an annual thing. Yeah. And because but God knew. Yeah, he did. We we he, even luckily it, we allowed him to let this evolve and we didn't luckily we didn't January of 2021 say, "Oh, we're only going to take 50 people." Yeah. Who knew that 1700 were going to sign up? Yeah. Who knew that Run Club was going to swell now to almost 4000 people? Yeah. God knew it. He did. So yeah, I'm like Rhonda. I don't think we need to use that just anymore. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right. A motivational thought of the week. I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. Hmm. Wow. How cool is that? That's Anne Lamott. 
who uh, who said that. That's a that's an interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that. We're thankful for that. We don't have to understand it, uh, but it's there. Sure, and we know it's there. So, all right, we are done for this week. Now, um, if you're part of the Couch to Marathon. That's fantastic. If you're gonna join, if you're joining us now and getting started, that's awesome. It's not too late. Let me reiterate that it is not yes. too late. Really, if you join, if you if you've done, if you are a recreational runner or walker, now you can really join for the first eight or ten weeks for sure. If you've never run in your life, you can still join in the first couple of weeks, yep. in the next couple of weeks. So it's not too late. If what you heard with Dean's story just gave you goosebumps like it did for me, go to runforgot.com, subscribe to Run Clubs, 27 cents a day, go to the Couch to Marathon 2022 and click register and you're in. It's really that easy. It is. It's really that easy. There's going to be some hard training, some hard days, sure. and the race will be hard. Sure. But... It's going to be worth it. Nothing worth doing is easy. That's right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.